0: We are at the Axelar Interoperability Series. Next up in this conversation, we're talking to Sri Ram from Eigenlayer. I think you probably might not need to know what Eigenlayer is, because it has absolutely swept the Web3 world by swarm, at least the Ethereum world, because it's created this thing called restaking, where you can apply your ETH stake to more things than just Ethereum staking, Getting a lot of the Ethereum community very, very excited. And it's also allowed for new kinds of chains to be interoperable inside of the Ethereum ecosystem. So we're going to go talk to Sri Ram right now all about EigenLayer and where EigenLayer is in its development. But first, a moment to talk about some of these fantastic sponsors that make the show possible. Kraken is our strategic sponsor for 2023. Why? Because Kraken has been around for over 12 years and has proven itself to be deeply aligned with the crypto industry. Trusted centralized crypto platforms are hard to come by these days, which makes the few remaining ones even more valuable. With over 9 million users and not a cent lost, choosing Kraken as our strategic sponsor for 2023 was a no-brainer. We need exchanges like Kraken to provide the on-ramps to get people to go bankless and Kraken's emphasis on security and transparency makes us feel good about having them as a sponsor. If you're unsure about your centralized exchange or on-ramp, perhaps open an account with Kraken today. And if you're unsure about the rest of Web3, well then maybe you should get your learn on with MetaMask Learn. Learning about crypto is hard. There's no one out there to hold your hand to get into this industry, until now. MetaMask Learn is the best place I've ever seen to send someone to learn everything there is to know about Web3. If you're a company trying to onboard employees or you're a son or daughter trying to onboard your boomer parents, MetaMask Learn is the place to send them. Interactive and engaging lessons, making learning about Web3 fun and easy. Now, once you're through Kraken's gates and you've taken the MetaMask course on what's a DEX, you're safe to make your first stop into the world of DeFi. Where better to start other than Uniswap? Uniswap is of course a decentralized exchange for crypto asset trades and swaps but it's now also an NFT aggregator as well making Uniswap some of the best decentralizing trading tech that's out there. Uniswap's big announcement at ETH Denver is their Uniswap wallet which is waiting to get released to the public as soon as Apple stops being a big old bully about crypto apps in the app store. Uniswap is basically on every chain that's relevant in the crypto ecosystem so if you want to use Uniswap but with the cheapest possible fees then use Uniswap on Arbitrum. The Arbitrum Layer 2 is the host of Ethereum's most vibrant DeFi and NFT communities. Arbitrum is already surpassing the ETH layer one in transaction volume, and it's not even close to full capacity. With so many vibrant communities on Arbitrum, Arbitrum is a good place to call home for the era of layer twos. Speaking of settling into new homes, the Phantom wallet is now available on both Ethereum and Polygon. That's right, the number one wallet on Solana is expanding into the Ethereum ecosystem. Phantom is the one wallet for everything, displaying NFTs, making NFT trades, swapping tokens, staking tokens. So if you're a multi-chain surfer or an NFT power user, then the Phantom Wallet is for you. It also comes in mobile. Check it out at phantom.app. Now, let's get into the interview. All right, Bankless Nation, we are back at the Axlar Interop Summit, and I'm here with Sriram from Eigenlayer. Sriram, last time we talked at DevCon, not many people knew about Eigenlayer. Now it seems everyone knows about Eigenlayer. Uh, How does that feel?
1: It's a little bizarre, yeah. it was definitely a more positive outcome than we anticipated. Mm-hmm. We did expect that over time people will warm up to the idea that actually Ethereum can serve as the security layer for pretty much anything, but uh, the speed at which the community has gotten there may be partly thanks to you and mm-hmm. the, the episode we did earlier, but uh, really happy to be here in this position.
0: Okay, so give us the, the lay of the land for where we are in the progress of Eigenlayer because everyone starts to being able to wrap their heads around it. People are starting to see the use cases, but like, when mainnet? <laughs> Is that the right question, mainnet? That's, yes.
1: Yeah. Uh, we definitely want to be on mainnet by Q3 this year. Okay. So we are, and you know, there'll be a testnet by Q2 this year. So public testnet, we already are on private testnet, as, as I told you before. And... Um, the, on the team side, we've been growing our team quite a bit. So, if any of you out there are builders or you know want to grow the ecosystem, any of these things, do do ping me at the EigenLayer handle. Uh, on the product side, we've been continuing to build the core platform, and the way we're thinking of doing the launch is uh, because it's such a complicated platform with many sides, like stakers, node operators, you know, new services, roll-ups, you know, all these different sides. Mm-hmm. So we want to onboard one side at a time, so we may start with stakers, operators, services, mm-hmm. do a phased launch. So that's, that's what we are hoping for.
0: And so Eigenlayer has just ten- generated a ton of excitement. The concept of restaking has really opened people's brains to new use cases and new ideas. It's what, have people already approached you guys saying, hey, I want to build on Eigenlayer? What's that been like, and what are people uh, trying to build?
1: Yeah, it has been really, again, well, very, very enthusiastic response. We have people interested in building uh, decentralized sequences, people mm-hmm. interested in building oracles, bridges, you know, because you can move data in and out of Ethereum using the restaking layer. Now, you can have IBC bridges or other kind of light client bridges, you can have like fast ZK proof verifications So some of the major ZK teams are interested in, can you have like thousands of DAP rollups all all right to like a mm-hmm. kind of intermediate restake layer, where the restake layer just checks the ZK proofs very, very fast and reports that back to Ethereum. So those are some examples. We're also seeing interest from RPC providers, some of the bigger ones, as well as new players. We're seeing interest on AI on like Ethereum. Like, you know, can we get a chat GPT type thing to be built instead of having a single central party like the open AI server serving it? Can we have the Ethereum decentralized nodes serving open source versions of AI on yeah. Eigenlayer? So that's the range of interest we're seeing. It's It remains to see how much We can support like right right now we are like constrained by engineering bandwidth and the ability to support these. We want to support all of them, but whether we can support them on day one is the thing that we're trying to figure
0: out. Yeah, and what's the strategy there? Because if you want to support them, that requires resources. There's only so many people at the EigenLayer team. Is the strategy to I'm assuming the strategy is to be able to allow anyone to permissionlessly build on EigenLayer? Maybe that's what Mainnet is. What's the strategy to enable anyone who wants to build on EigenLayer to build on EigenLayer?
1: So we're de- building a set of developer tools so that like, when you're developing a middleware, what is the specification to which that should comply? Mm-hmm. And trying to build a series of libraries. I don't expect the day one when we launch on mainnet, it is going to be easy for anybody to build on. Uh, I can layer, maybe the initial launch will be very restricted. But over time, in a year or so, we want to be in a position where many, many other teams have built something at least on mm-hmm. testnet on Eigenlayer's So that's so
0: where we go. When something like this, so Eigenlayer is raising around at a $500 million valuation, which when something like that happens, a lot of people focus on that. It's like, wow, that's a, that's a clearly a very big deal. All of a sudden you really change the game. Have you seen uh, Eigenlayer competitors start to like crop up just to you know follow in the footsteps?
1: No, I, I don't know of any. I'm sure yeah. there are some yeah? which we don't know about, but uh, the uh, you know competition is healthy Mm -hmm. so if other people want to build you know that's always a possibility Uh, and uh, the the way we think about like uh, a marketplace for decentralized trust from Ethereum is the more the amount of stake and the more the validators that opt in Mm -hmm. that increases the power of the marketplace and having a common marketplace is I think in general more beneficial to the ecosystem so that's Mm -hmm. our view but of course you know it's a permissionless innovation. We stand by our values.
0: Yeah, of course, of course. And uh, Bankless listeners who are listening to Sriram for the first time might be confused as to what we're talking about. We did kind of skip forward ahead of what Eigenlayer actually is, uh, but I definitely would encourage you to listen to our talk at DEF CON where we really went through this quite a lot. Sri Ram, what I've been the metaphor I've been using to explain Eigenlayer is like Skyrim mods. Uh, and so like you have the base game, the base Skyrim game, the vanilla game, which is like base vanilla Ethereum staking but then you add in another mod to add on to that base game to do something else, to do something extra that is beyond staking, that's using the base game as a as a, as a a platform. The cool thing about Skyrim mods, or maybe the bad thing about Skyrim mods, is that you can only add so many be thing before things get really, really weird. I'm assuming that is probably the right mental model to have. Don't add too many mods because things will start to conflict. Yes. Is that kind of, is that the right intuition I've got?
1: Yes, I think like, you know, if you look at the range of services, several services will be supported by small groups. Mm -hmm. And you will have a long tail of services supported by, oh, you know, I got got these validators to run this for me, or this group of stakers, but there'll be some services which are core to the Ethereum ecosystem. Mm -hmm. Like a hyperscale data availability, like a most performant uh, ZK bridge, like a performant light-client bridge to the Cosmos ecosystem. Mm -hmm. These, like a super performant decentralized sequencer, and a super-fast settlement layer. There are some services which will be core ecosystem services Mm -hmm. which we expect everybody should run. So I will agree to the extent that we are talking about services that are run by everybody, there'll be a few. Sure. But there'll be many, many services run by a few people so that there is a possibility for a service to be bootstrapped Mm -hmm. and emerge up to the system level Mm -hmm. rather than the system level being guarded closely. Mm -hmm. And I, I would agree also with this is going to have unpredictable second order effects. Right, yeah. It very much is reminiscent of the MEV discovery mm. by the Flashbots team right. early on in 2016, 2017, that like, this is going to be a force, and it is going to happen, and like the only question that we can think of as a community, as the Ethereum community, is how do we channel this energy in the most useful mm-hmm. way possible, mm-hmm. so that it's a positive-sum game for all of us. So that's something we're very much aligned to, mm-hmm. and always solicit the Ethereum community's inputs on.
0: So uh, one question I have, and we're at this interoperability summit, and this is it's hosted by Axlar, which is this brand new blockchain that I've been learning about today, uh, which is an IBC chain that connects Cosmos to Ethereum, but also all the other blockchains, and that's a lot of the, the main uh, thread of this whole entire event is interoperability between many many desperate chains away from Ethereum layer twos, away from the EVM standard, but still put uh, interoperability between all these chains. Now this is a conversation, the question I'm about to ask you is a conversation about the push and pull between a horizontal mesh landscape of chains, which is kind of the cosmos, poly chain, multi-chain vision, versus concentration down onto one single chain, which is perhaps the ETH maxi or network effects vision that Ryan and I tend toward to lean into. Now, I don't think it's so binary. I think the answer is somewhere in the middle. But I think that Eigenlayer pulls towards the Ethereum central one chain, one dominant chain, because of what Eigenlayer can do for e-staking and providing security. And I'm wondering, how does that check with you? Do you think that that pulls forward, pulls the pendulum in the Ethereum favor? Definitely, to the extent that there were some features that,
1: you know, some layer ones, the the main thing that a General Purpose Layer One was trying to do was to say that there are some technical features not available in Ethereum that we are providing. Be it consensus, be it like scalability, be it you know the virtual machine. And what we see with both the layer two vision and a deepening of the layer two vision with the eigen layer vision is that pretty much all of those things can be internalized back into the right. Ethereum ecosystem. So then why would one want a separate chain? There may be Mm -hmm. other reasons other than technical arbitrage. Mm -hmm. That's how I view it, is basically any technical innovations can be internalized Mm -hmm. back into the Ethereum ecosystem. This is analogous to think about companies, right? Like when there is one search company and there's another search company, if, you know, good ideas, Google will internalize and and run it. Mm-hmm. And the agile mechanism to do this is what Eigenlayer provides. Mm-hmm. And so competing purely on technical arbitrage is not going to be feasible. Mm-hmm. You need other things. You need a way, okay, you know, I'm a dApp and I want my sovereignty. You need some other reason, you know, this is a different kind of community. Cosmos has this vision of a community computer. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, my village, my community, like, you know, there's is a group of artists and we are running this chain. It's not up to economic security. Mm-hmm. It's our own like reputation and stuff we are putting on the line. So these are all visions. There is a vision of like a chain which could be like a proof of personhood chain. Right? Like there's a vision of like it's a proof of space chain which can be more decent. There are all these visions of possible other L1s, but technical arbitrage or as like, hey, I'm running this proof of stake chain for these features, this is better, and that's why I'm a new L1. Mm -hmm. I think that is going to become less and less plausible with the Eigenlayer view. I also want to add that, since we're in the Interop Summit, one important thing we have to think about as the Ethereum community is, how does Ethereum position itself to be at the absolute center of the Interop ecosystem? Whether it is just layer twos or totally sovereign chains, Ethereum is the most secure chain, it is the most liquid chain, it is also the most connected chain. How do we make sure we go from this to provide some of the strongest bridging to all of the other chains so we retain this position? Mm-hmm. And that's something that I'm excited about Eigenlayer can do there mm-hmm. is to provide high quality bridging in and out of Ethereum mm-hmm. by running light clients off-chain and having a lot of restakers certified, you can actually get a lot of, you know, very high quality bridging mm-hmm. in and out of Ethereum. So Ethereum can maintain the position as right. the premium center hub of this multi-chain ecosystem
0: right and i really i think that's articulated very very well where uh like i said whether it's a a mesh network of many many chains with no dominant center or a single one center focal point of one chain and no other chains after that it's not going to be to the extreme it's going to be somewhere in between those two binaries but i do think that this technology about eigenlayer really does have that that sun of the solar solar ecosystem where all the other chains kind of gravitate around Ethereum and Eigenlayer allows that Ethereum expression to expand outwards. When people come up to you and ask you questions about the technical questions, the really good questions about Eigenlayer, what are those questions? Uh, The questions
1: are, one of the most interesting questions on Eigenlayer is it is everything, the crypto economics that you can import due to Eigenlayer has to be on chain and slashable. Hmm. There are certain things that are on-chain and slashable and certain things that are not. Like for example, if I want to build an oracle, this is a simple example I give, but if you dig in deeper, the oracle is one of the harder things to build on Eigenlayer. Right. The reason being, when you try to build an oracle, how do you create a slashing condition? How do you know Bitcoin to ETH is not one dollar today? Sure. How do you know that in an right. on-chain verifiable manner? Mm-hmm. Are you going to trust a com- committee for it? That right. feels like, you know, low grade. Sure. But Eigenlayer trust model is actually very dynamic. For example, there are multiple dimensions of trust that exist and slashing or economic trust is only one dimension of trust. There are other dimensions of trust and in the Ethereum community we are very passionate about decentralization as a dimension of trust. It doesn't matter how much money you have, like if there are thousands or tens of thousands of nodes validating and providing independent inputs, it's very hard for them to collude and attack the system and that itself is a source of trust independent of how much money they've actually put in. Mm-hmm. And this is the home staker, eat staker vision, the rocket mm-hmm. pool vision of like, everybody should be able to run a node. And Eigenlayer can supply the trust mm-hmm. to things like oracles. Imagine an oracle price feed where like, every homestaker just provides a feed. Even if they're not like, slashable, Right. Just the fact that 10,000 independent nodes actually vetted something is a source of trust. Mm-hmm. So when we think about a marketplace for decentralized trust, the most important question is like, what are the ways in which we commoditize decentralized trust? Sure. Stake, each stake is one dimension of it. Mm-hmm. Another dimension is, how do we vet and validate what are the home, who are the home stakers? How are we going to identify that? Sure. This is another important question right. that we get. Yeah. How are you going to identify that? I think it's very hard to identify home stakers. It's very easy to identify the exchanges and the major right. liquid staking right. protocols yeah. and the staking service providers. Right. So the complement of it is already like a pretty decentralized set. But we imagine the emergence of decentralization oracles. Oracles which just specialize like a chain analysis, but an analysis of like where validators are, how decentralized they are, you know, geographically and like e-agency-wise. Like are they really independent agents? people coming and vetting this, and we don't want to be the source of like subjectivity. One of the major platform goals of Eigenlayer is to push all agency to the edges. Mm-hmm. If you're a middleware, you should dictate what kind of nodes want to opt in, because some would want economic trust, some would want decentralization trust, and we want the spectrum of decentralized trust to be expressed on Eigenlayer. So mm-hmm. we if, imagine that different middlewares will have different subjective decentralization oracles, mm-hmm. and once you have that, there may be additional yield accruing to these decentralized nodes. Mm. So these, these are the two, I would say, major questions. What slashing do we do? How do we get incentivized decentralization on Eigenlayer? So that, those are some of the questions.
0: It's not always when the, uh, hey, what question should I ask question actually works all that well, but that one works pretty pretty well. <laughs> uh, Sriram, if people have been peaked or they just want to learn about the frontier of Eigenlayer, where should they go? Uh, right now, the best
1: place is the Eigenlayer Twitter handle, E-I-G-N-L-A-Y-E-R. But also the Twitter handle points to our forums, discourse forums, where we are inviting all the Ethereum community members to participate and engage with us on any aspects of Eigenlayer, how that would enhance or deteriorate any aspects of the Ethereum ecosystem. We want to be cognizant of all of it. So please, we want to invite the Ethereum community to come and participate there. And slowly we'll be rolling out more and more ways to open up the Eigenlayer development to the broader community.
0: And I'm assuming you're hiring or just looking for partnerships. What, what are you looking for on the uh, BD yes. and hiring front?
1: On the hiring front, like distributed systems builders, you know, uh, smart contract engineers, always, you know, we want on a team like this. Especially now that there are a lot of teams who want to build stuff up on EigenLayer, we want people internally who can support all of these really interesting, creative things. So we're looking for that on the uh, BD and ecosystem growth side. You know, anybody who's creative in Growing, uh, you know, ecosystems like this. Definitely, we want to talk to. On the broader ecosystem, we are looking for the various sides of our market: stakers who have ETH for staking ETH and want to enhance yield. We want to look at node operators. You know, the major node operators. We are talking to them. Uh, service builders, like whether it is big existing services like Chainlink, who want to add on an iota of you know, the broader decentralization from the Ethereum community, mm-hmm. or it could be services that are new and upcoming who want to use this as a way for bootstrapping and, like, differentiating themselves from existing services. We are very interested in talking to all of them.
0: Srean, thank you so much. Thank you so much. I really
1: appreciate it.